Welcome everyone to another episode of Full Measures. It's glad to be back, glad to be here for another week, another episode. So today, what we have to talk about, well, Gen V, we, we really haven't discussed much of season one, but we're here to discuss the finale and season one as a whole. And secondly, me and Wyatt, we decided to watch uh, our favorite movies that we had never seen. So one of Wyatt's favorite movies is... Uh, my favorite movie is Bronx Tale, and a Bronx Tale. One of my favorite movies is Terminator 2, which apparently he had never seen, which is just insane to me. I never need... seen any of the Terminator movies. You don't need to watch past part two, to be honest. They, they turn kind of no. shit after that. So Okay. Yeah, so we're going to kind of talk about why we love those movies so much and just our reactions to watching them for the first time. So. Right off the bat, let's go straight into Gen V. What are your thoughts on Gen V as a whole? I thought it was pretty good, like promising. I think they're going to have a season two, judging by the ending. I think, I mean, I don't know if I was very emotionally attached to the characters. But overall, it was entertaining. It was it was a fun show. I mean, of course, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun to watch. It's superheroes. Right. But like, I like the concept that they came up with, with the whole college thing going on there. I really like what they did with season one. You know, I, I think season one was better than anybody thought it would be. Uh, I didn't know. Yeah. What, I didn't know what to expect from a spinoff of the boys, to be honest with you. It could have been probably shit at the yeah. same time. It could have been great. Like you really don't know the quality could have been all over the place, but I think they really landed on their feet with this one. Uh, from start yeah. to finish, this was pretty good, I think. You know it's the boys when you get those wacky, like that wacky storytelling, like yeah. ridiculous they, stuff happening. They love penises. And, I don't, and, yeah, I don't know what it is. Yeah, so what did you think of just the characters of the show? I thought uh, they were interesting. I don't know if I felt that attached to them though like yeah. i don't think there was enough enough depth within the characters of course they have they're probably going to be doing another season so i'm sure they have a lot of time to build on these characters but i think they needed a little bit more of like i don't i don't even know what to call it just like storytelling like they need they need more character development i think there's just there's no standouts. Um, yeah. Everybody was good, right? Like everybody yeah. came in, they did their parts, they did a good, great job. But I don't yeah. think there's a character that really sticks with you. Like when you watch season one, Butcher, Homelander. Yes. Uh, yes. While Huey is not the most charismatic character, we love mm -hmm. him because he's a sweet, lovable guy who experienced like a horrible tragedy. So yeah. we're, we're on his side. Very interesting character to watch. Yeah, and we don't get that with Gen V. Like I said, the characters start off almost as caricatures. You yeah. Know, the stereotypical jock. Like, they're like the, obviously they're heroes, but they're like the jocks of the school, the popular kids. And you think yeah. that the girl who can control Kate, who can control people, like, she acts like a, a typical stuck-up bitch. Like, get away from my man, this and that. But as the show goes on, they become real people. They're developed and they're all yeah. good characters, but there's just no Butcher. There's no Homelander. There's no Huey. Starlight. No. The Deep. And he's memorable for all the wrong reasons, but he's memorable. Yes. 
you know? Yes. Like, I had to write down all their names here because well, that's one thing I'm like, I'm bad with names every time I watch things. Like, I could watch one season. Once I'm like finished with the show, if I watch like three seasons, then I know everyone's name. But What's one season of. Name? Uh, let me see. Let me see. It is Marie, I think. Marie, Marie, Marie Moreau, yeah. right? Yeah. I think where I so. Gen V really excels is in its plot, its mystery, and like the world building, the continued world yeah. building. One of the most underrated aspects of the boys is their world building. Like the world they've created, how expansive it is, the like political satire of it all, it is so well done. And it continues in Gen V to just flesh out this world more and more to show just how dominant superhero culture is. And it's kind of like yes. a reflection of our society, right? How we're obsessed with superheroes and all this and that. Like, I mm-hmm. get it. But I think the real star is like the plot, just the mystery. Like, the pacing was really well done. The way the mystery unfolds, what they're doing in the forest yeah. and all this and that. I think that was the star of the show for me. Yeah. I, I really like what they did, too. I like one thing that the boys does. I like how they make superheroes feel like real, like how it it would actually be if superheroes actually existed. Yeah. You know, you give stupid people all the power in the world and they're going to turn yeah. out to be shitty people. Uh, kind of random, but it ties into this. I've been, a random video popped up on my IG feed of what Instagram models do when they go to Dubai. And all yeah. these rich men pay these women to do the most disgusting things. And it makes you think, like, when you have all that money and all that power, you can do whatever you want. Fulfill any fantasy, commit yeah. any heinous act and get away with it. And this applies to, like, the heroes of this world where they, they're they gods. They they do what they want. Yeah. They're all depraved, terrible people. Literally, Homelander's uh, quote, I can do whatever the fuck I want. Not just him, though. Like literally, the only people these heroes answer to is like Homelander, because he's yeah. the only he's the most powerful person. But even in college, you see just how terrible and disgusting some of these people are. Like the guy who's invisible, oh, yeah. and he's like fucking a goat or something or a donkey, and like you know, like it, <laughs> you give people power and they abuse it. It's like a, a tale as old as time, and the yeah. boys is like living proof of that. That you know, some people aren't meant to have power. And especially not yeah. young, horny teenagers. That's true, man. Yeah. I think what they what they need to do with the characters in the next season is I think they need to put them in, like, real pressure. Because while there was pressure on the show, I think, like, they could build the characters a lot better in the next season. Like... They're, I, they ended it. Okay, we probably shouldn't talk about the ending right away, but they ended it with them, like locked in a room with no door. So I'm sure it's gonna be all those characters How'd in you one feel room. About ending? I thought the it was ending, ending, not the interesting. episode, but just not like yeah, the episode, I, just the ending. I think it was a good cliffhanger. I didn't like it. Sure. I feel like they yeah. had a lot of story left to tell. Yeah, I think I, they did that on purpose so that they can make a season two, I think. Yeah, it, and you know what sucks is I was really into the story. I was yeah. I was all in, and I was enjoying it, and, like, for it to just they end, just like, cut it like off. bro, it feels like there was, like, another 15 minutes left. 
that I think it's like the Spider Verse movie. Yeah, yeah, where it's like you're only getting told part of the story, right? And yeah. it, it feels like there was like another twenty minutes left in that episode. Like it got wrapped up way too quick. And it was a short episode. The rest of the episodes were like I believe fifty to forty minutes. That episode was only thirty. Are you serious? Yeah, I looked at it. I think it was thirty or thirty-nine or thirty-five or something like that. Wow, that <laughs> that's kind of crazy. Um, yeah. So we're in agreement. the The standout of the show is the plotting. The world building. Oh, definitely. Um, the yeah. characters. It's not a, a a negative, but it's not a plus. They're they're fine, but they're not where the show, like really, like it succeeds. So, what are some drawbacks or some negatives that you had? Because I had I had a few with the show. Yeah. Well, my any. my main negative with the show was, like I said, the characters need to be more fetched out they need they need more depth because i didn't feel any connection to them at all um I had there's a problem probably with the yeah go ahead no go ahead you, it you felt first. very family guy humor it, it's not even that it's like you know when you do a sequel the a, a problem that movies run into is that they feel like they need to be bigger and bolder than the original. More ridiculous. And this yeah. one, like... It seemed like every 10 minutes there was just some kind of stupid yeah. thing. Like, like <laughs> the boys doesn't overdo it. It's like once every three episodes or four episodes, there'll be some kind of wacky thing that happens. Like, yeah, with the penises or something. But, like, the, the thing is, it's like, dude, it felt like people literally came into the plot had their power shown literally to do something with it with a penis. Yeah. You know, like it it felt forced. Like the humor felt really forced. It did. It, it, it I just, agree with it that. Wasn't yeah. even, like the scene where the girl's tiny and you know, she's we already saw that in season three, episode one, when the guy walks in the dudes. Yep. You remember you yep. know what I'm talking about? Okay. Yep. So I remember that. If you're gonna recreate something like that, you have to be at least, yeah, bolder. Like that one. <laughs> I think that stuff is like to appeal to like younger people who just find anything like wacky like that like hilarious. So they just have it happen every ten minutes. Just some kind of stupid. Like, like the dude who turns invisible. How many times did they did they do the goat gag? Yeah, three or four times we get it. He fucks animals, like <laughs> even his final his final episode, like the final episode he showed up. It, it's we're laughing about it because it's ridiculous. But I think they're trying too hard with the humor. I, yeah, I really think so, and it's not landing with me. Like the, you have to have some restraint. I feel like the boys does get ridiculous and they have upped it every season and apparently there's something wild in season four which i can't wait for but i do feel like the the humor was more in line with what was going on like yeah we have an orgy episode but it it's tied into the plot pretty well i would say but some of the stunts that happen here it's just like you know like we were getting character development with the girl who shrinks i forget her name 
and how she would do anything to basically get people's approval. We could have shown that a different way besides her That's turning true. tiny to rub on a guy's schmeat, you know? Yeah. Like, like they, yeah. they do these gags just for shock value and it's lazy, dude. Like it's not funny anymore. Like really like what were your favorite characters of this season? Uh, do you have the names here? You know what? I'm gonna pull it up right now. But yeah. while I pull yeah. it up, um, the uh, uh, the light skinned black dude. Yeah, I I found him like his performance pretty well. He I think, was, I think, dude. Yeah, he was from the uh, college cast. He was acting his ass off, man. For real, man. Let me see. Andre. Especially oh, that scene, I think, yeah, I think it was um, the episode before the final episode when, when his dad. Yeah, dude. Or or when that he, guy killed it. That guy killed it. Or when he finds out, uh, you know, that Kate betrayed him all, or this or that. That's another thing, though. He started off too, like like the 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 most the popular yeah. guy's best friend, right? He's a yeah. douche who follows his best friend, but it turns out he was actually a really nice dude. Maybe he did a little too much coke here and there, but he was a really nice dude. And uh, that guy, his oh. name is Chance Perdomo. He absolutely crushed it. By far the best performance of the show. I think the performance when he's in that theater room and Luke, uh, the fire guy, the cool yeah. guy, confronts him, bro. And like that scene was just like amazing. Yeah, when they're uh, in the dream sequence, right? Yeah. Or no, I no. was, yeah. yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. Speaking I was of Luke, glued to my screen, speaking bro. Speaking of Luke, who does he look like to you? Who does he look like to me? Yeah. I'm trying to think about it. I don't know. That's Arnold Schwarzenegger's son. Oh, for real? Yeah. I didn't even know. Dude, I didn't even know. Dude, he is a spitting image of his father. And honestly, and I don't say this just because he was uh, Arnold's son. But I wanted more of him. His character was great. Yeah, yeah. There, he had very little screen time. Like technically, we can't count it as um, character growth or any type of progress because he was not there. He was in Andre's yeah. head, and then um, his brother's head. His brother was Sam. Um, so it technically wasn't the character Luke, but Patrick. His name's Patrick, the the Arnold son, Patrick Schwarzenegger. Dude, he's fantastic, man. At that age, he's yeah. already a better actor than his dad, and he's got that big charismatic smile just like his dad. Like yeah. I'm excited yeah. to see where his career goes. But he was great. I mean the two actors who played Jordan, the the trans I don't even know what to call it. Uh call them uh going from man to woman constantly. But you know, that character Jordan, yeah. fantastic, both of the actors. Um the actress who plays Kate hated that bitch man but she was great <laughs> yeah she was uh, everybody man um jazz sinclair who played marie liz broadway who played emma the, the whole cast did a great job it's just unfortunate that these characters weren't very memorable they need better writing i think they could really kill it in season two if they get some more depth to their characters that's the like thing, the man. backstory of marie was I found interesting, but it was very short. It didn't go It anywhere. was like, yeah, it was it was so short. It was like two minutes. Just they're eating breakfast or something, and then she kills him. Boom! Yeah, she kills him. And yeah. she feels regret, and she mm -hmm. wants to see her sister, and that's kind of it. Like they do this thing where 
They should have done more with her, with her sister, I think. They, for sure. They do this thing where they kind of started an arc where she's like, I just want to be a hero. And then yeah. she kind of accepts being a hero in the public eye, even though she wasn't there to do anything. And it, they could have done something with it. Where like, is it the right thing to do? And then she learns who the heroes don't really exist, but they don't do anything with it. Wasted, wasted character. Yeah, I, they definitely should have done more stuff with their sister, too. Like with her, her sister was there. She has like two scenes in the whole show. And then the actors and for such a big prominent like part of the story like they need like she's a big part of the story for that character i think they needed more time with her yeah she started off as the protagonist but as the show went on there kind of wasn't a protagonist they became a real ensemble show kind of like the boys yeah where yeah at, at first butcher wasn't really a protagonist but he kind of feels like it now because he's the one pushing the narrative mm -hmm. but huey technically started as a protagonist right yeah but, and another character too, Kate Dunlap, you know, the one who can hypnotize people with her touch. Her character just like sure she feels regret for what she's doing, but she her character doesn't really go anywhere. Yeah. The same thing with Emma, the chick who can turn big and small. Like, you know, she wants love, she wants acceptance, she wants friendship. And she falls in love, I guess, really fast with the first dude who was nice to her. It, it just doesn't go anywhere. Um, yeah, the, the backstories only... they did were way too short. I think the only way character that went anywhere was Andre. Like, you know, he started yeah. off with these expectations from his father, trying to live up to his father's reputation, his legacy, and trying to carve out his own and grappling with the fact that he was kind of happy that Luke died because now he could take the spotlight. Like, I right. think Andre really was a great character. I think he was the best character by far. Definitely, definitely. Um... I was not a fan of Sam, the the brother who was. Oh yeah, yeah. He just he's he's there. His okay. I had a problem with his character. His turn to just wanting to kill people was like so sudden. He went to one rally. Yeah, all of a sudden, just boom. Yeah, and he was like, he would have done anything for Emma, and then he goes to one rally by accident, and now it's like he didn't even seem to enjoy the rally. Like no. he was just confused the whole time and then all of a sudden after he's like all for it exactly dude like it, i was like what the fuck just happened it was like a complete 180 of the character yeah it, it, it was poorly done it was really poorly done um some other just notable people colby minofi she plays um ashley uh yeah she's great she's great in in the boys and she was great here and then um, everybody's bae came back. The chick who can pop heads. She was great too. She, uh, what's her name? I'm not sure. Well, yeah, she's great. She She's fantastic. Yeah. But yeah, for me, you know, I still think this was a damn good season of television because it was just so entertaining. It's just a shame that the characters were a bit weak. Yeah. That's yeah. my main takeaway from that show is they need to do more with the characters there. Yeah. And honestly, Soldier Boy's cameo was kind of whack. Yeah. It's just like, again, with the Force team, or like, yeah, I'm her. Uh, she dreams of fucking me every night, or something like that. It's just like, I didn't even laugh. I was just kind of yeah. like, like, this is so lazy, dude. Like, they could have done something better with Soldier Boy, you know? I get, yeah. I think I, one, one cameo I liked, I think I did like the Homelander cameo, just because it was just. 
It was just cool. It, it might just because I love Homelander. Dude, he is terrifying no matter the show he's he in. He really is. Did he, he really did you is. see his face like like he's like fucking losing it, dude. Like like every time we see him on screen, he's just getting crazier and crazier and like the moment he steps on screen, it's like a panic attack because you do not yeah. know what this guy's about to do. Yes, you never know, and that's the one thing that makes a great villain is if they're unpredictable. And that's all mine. I got a question though. Yeah. You think anything from this spinoff is going to carry on to season four? Like the disease, maybe, that they came up with? Mm, they stopped it. Oh, wait, no. She has it. Uh, I forget her name. The the chick who can pop it. She has it now. Yeah. I, maybe she'll use it to kill Homelander? Because I don't think she's strong enough to pop his head. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking it might become like a thing where if Homelander actually goes crazy in season four like we've been expecting and starts just destroying everything that might be the thing that kills him i don't know yeah maybe i don't know if, i mean it would be shockingly lazy of the boys if that went nowhere like there's gonna be resolution yeah. with that i just don't know what uh her plan would be because obviously she's a soup as well and she, right now she's kind of working with homelander to kind of get what she wants so I yep. don't know what her plan is, but there has to be some resolution there. Um, Definitely. Another couple things. Uh, Clancy Brown, you know who he is? Uh, no. He was a teacher who died in like the first episode. Uh, Luke, he hugged him and burned him. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's such a great actor, man. It's a shame he was on. I, he's one of the reasons I was excited for the show. I'm a huge Clancy Brown fan, like. If you go back yeah. and look up his acting credits, he's done so much voiceover work for some of your favorite characters. He's been in so many great movies. It's a shame to see him go so early. He was great. Yeah. But yeah, overall, man, I don't really have much more to say. It was a great season, even with the weak characters. I think the great pacing, the great violence, the action, uh, the plotting, the mystery of it all, the way it unfolds. Um, I think it was all really well done. And to me... Out of five stars, I'm going to go like three and a half to four. Somewhere in that range, I think. It was a great season of television. I don't yeah, know. I think, I'd go about the same. Yeah. I think I'd go about the same. You know what I realized, though? I think they did. They killed off like the biggest the biggest actors in the beginning of the show. That <laughs> might be a budget thing. Schwarzenegger's like, mm -hmm. uh, son. He's a nobody, bro. It doesn't matter who your dad is. Yeah. I mean, your your dad will help you get a foot in the door, but he's a nobody. Yeah, he is. Like he he yeah, dude, he looks so much like his dad. It's crazy. I mean, obviously that's his son, but now that you're telling me, I'm thinking about it. Yeah, he does. Yeah, but um, no, I mean it it served the the plot well, you know. But I love Clancy Brown. But yeah, no, it's it's a great season of television. Um, looking forward to season two. I'm hyped for the boys season. What is it four? Right. Yes, season yeah. four. Uh, there was a little butcher tease. I don't know if you stayed for the after the credits. I did not. Wait, there was a butcher tease? Yeah, it's just him. Like I think he walks into the forest and he says something like, oh, these cunts or something like that. Oh, okay. Apparently, I, I need to check it out. Bro, this year in December. For real? Yeah. Let me see. The boy season four release date. 
I did not know there was a. I I cut I cut it off at the, after the once the credits started rolling. Yeah, no. So it's coming. It's coming. Um. All right. So, so yeah, that's that's it for uh Gen V. Great show. Great job, Prime. Prime videos killing it, man. I mean, they fantastic, man. So, uh, Wyatt had this idea. Or he's been asking me to watch a Bronx Tale for some time, and uh, yeah, he had this idea. What if we watch each other's favorite movies that we've never seen before? So I had never seen a Bronx Tale, and he had never seen Terminator, which is wild. I mean, that's just insane. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of things like a lot of franchises. Like people didn't believe I never watched Star Wars till I did. People didn't believe I never watched the Terminator. I never watched the Rambo movies. Really? I never watched. Yeah, I never watched. Um, what else have I haven't I watched? I think that's it. So there's, I'm sure there's other things, but so before we get into um, just kind of our reactions, let's first talk about why do you love a Bronx Tale so much? Why is it your favorite movie? First, first thing for me is probably nostalgia, but I also think it is just a wonderfully directed and written movie like and it's robert de niro's directorial debut so came out strong dude yeah very strong um i mean for me it's it's terminator 2 dude to me it's the greatest sequel of all time the greatest action movie of all time some of the best stunt work it, of, some of the best stunt work of all time one of the best stories of all time it, it's t2 bro like i grew up on this hasta la vista baby um uh, I know. I now know why you cry. Uh, the thumbs up at the end makes grown men cry. Like, dude. Dude, yeah. The thing, dude. The thing about Terminator, Terminator 2, Two is so good, man. The thing about Terminator Two is that yes, it's a blockbuster, but it's a blockbuster that has you kind of think. You know, it's yeah. this bombastic, crazy sequel about time travel, but it also deals with fate, with <laughs> uh, free will. You know, yeah. um, learning what it's like to be human. What does it mean to be human? And all these different ideas and themes, you know, AI, nuclear war, this and that. Like, there's so much going on there. And it's one of the best movies of all time. I Like I said, I think it's the greatest sequel ever that I've ever seen. Yeah, like that, that ending, though, dude, it hurts so much. Because he's just wanting a father, you know, a father figure. And he finally finds it in this this uh terminator it was so sad that he had to go man one of the greatest soundtracks of all time dun, the dun, music dun, dun, dun. no bro I, we, we can't talk about music until because bro you're talking about music a bronx tells music oh my god yeah but, but we'll get into that but yeah dude the soundtrack for terminator don't 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 the minigun scene oh dude that that was freaking epic i love that part man uh well i'll tell you later but okay cool so first of all real quick because i mean terminator one is a classic it's one of the greatest it's more i would call it more a horror movie dude it's like a slasher movie oh yeah what were your thoughts on terminator one terminator one i really enjoyed it brought up the question like does bad cgi ruin a movie and i don't think so because uh, you're talking about the there scene was, when he's working on himself 
Yeah. And also probably like the opening with the the flying things that look like toys. Yeah. Flying around. But it didn't really it okay. I can't say I didn't pay attention to it because I'm I'm not from that time though, you know. No. Like nowadays we get things that are pitch perfect, you know, but back then that was probably very impressive back then. This was James Cameron's first movie, I believe, and they didn't give him a budget to work with. Like he basically yeah. made this movie from nothing. You know, this was That's his baby. This is what, impressive. It's what helped yeah. launch his career. Yeah. But I still thought that the characters the characters were very memorable in this in these movies, both of them. Sarah Connor and uh, uh Kyle Reese. Yeah. And of course, dude, Arnold. Bro. One of the most intimidating and scariest villains of all time, no? For real, man. He he is. Like Terminator was freaking terrifying. And I always I always thought that Terminator was a good guy, and I guess that's because of Terminator 2. Yeah. You know? So, and I, I wasn't expecting him to be a villain in the first one, but he was, so, and it was a very good villain. So did, did that make the surprise better in Terminator 2 when you realize he's it the did. good guy? It did. It made it way better. Like, I, okay. I was very confused if, on why if, there was two Terminators if you walking know around. nothing about Terminator, that is one of the greatest movie twists of all time. Like, if you just yeah. watch Terminator 1, and here you see a friendly-looking cop, small, mm -hmm. thin, mm -hmm. um, you know, kind of looking for John, and then you see the T-800 crass, beating people up to take their clothes. Yeah. That is one of the best twists of all time, if, if you've never... But apparently, when the movie was coming out, they spoiled it in the trailers, that Arnold was a good cop. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, I never, I never knew that. I always thought it, but it's probably just because Arnold, you know, he's iconic. I wouldn't have ever thought they would have made him a villain. Well, he but was in an season iconic one, at the time. Yeah, yeah, you, you got to think about that. And then in season one, I mean, why am I saying season one? The first, yeah. the first movie, he was a freaking amazing, he was an amazing villain. But in the second movie, I just... He was so good. He he was much better in the second one. So, and you could tell they had a budget on the second one. The dude, second one. Oh, my. I didn't see I no flaws time, in the CGI. I think, at, I think at the time they had the biggest budget ever. Really? Yeah. 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 I saw no flaws in it at all. Like, unlike the first one, that one just, I saw nothing, no no flaws in any of the CGI. I mean, sure, it was. It, it looked like it was old still, CGI. But, but it still holds up today. Yeah. Yeah, thirty three years later, or whatever, or thirty two years later, it still holds up, man. Like the movie looks flawless. So it does. Apparently, the movie used like less than three hundred digital effects in ninety one, and then one of the newer ones that came out, Genesis, used like thirteen thousand, which just goes to show you the laziness. Uh, they don't do practical effects because, dude, practical yeah. is better. Practical is king. You know, you yeah. can see it in Terminator 2. All the effects are practical. Like, obviously, the only effects you really have are with the T-1000. Yeah. Okay. Which, let's talk about wait, him. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, okay. you got to finish Terminator okay. 1. Okay, so, anyways, you were <laughs> real quick. Before we get into T-2, which is the peakest of the peak, just finish yes. your thoughts on T-1. So, T-1, I think, excellent character building. The whole thing with um, Sarah Connor and... Uh, John's friend, 
I found that kind of yeah, I found that kind of predictable. I was able to predict what was I I I I kind of felt like oh he's gonna end up being John's father. That's one thing that I was able to predict while watching it. Yes, but in all fairness, I'll, you expect it because you've seen it in other movies, right? Yeah. But where do you think that concept came from? So this was I'm a, not no I'm saying this was a fresh idea when the first Terminator came out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'm sure it wasn't predictable back then. But um, that was probably the only problem. I mean, it was a fun. It was a fun movie to watch. Like, yeah, I love of, action movies. A lot of people rank it as one of the best slashers of all time because it really is. Yes. Like a slasher kind of like jason Voorhees type movie you know the unstoppable supernatural killer monster you know hacking people yes. to pieces like like because you know it they didn't have the budget i don't i wouldn't call it an action movie to be honest yeah he was yeah arnold was terrifying in that movie man and then he gave just us when he was just walking towards the characters it was terrifying and he gave us the most iconic movie line maybe ever uh i'll be back i'll be back yeah 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 like it's just it's so good man and he just fucking crashes like right through the police department and then that slaughter in the police department's insane like just it is how unstoppable he is you know and to think if that was coming after you bro like that makes it even scarier okay final thoughts on t1 overall very good movie, fun characters, very fun to watch. I really, I'm, I, I'm mad that I never watched it. Yeah. I think I texted you that after I watched it. I, I was yeah. pissed that I, I never watched these movies. No. Okay. Now, Terminator Two. Terminator Two was peak. I mean, perfect. Like okay, the perfect, on. probably the best hold sequel on. ever. One of the best heroes of all time in Arnold. One of the greatest villains of all time in the T-1000. One of the best female heroes of all time in Sarah Connor. Yes. One of the best yes. movie soundtracks of all time. Some of the best yes. practical and, and, and effects of all time. Like, some of the best pacing. Some of the, Oh, dude. It is literally just... Not a boring moment in that movie. The whole movie. Even though I think it was two hours and... Two hours and 20 minutes... It's a there wasn't, one, huh? a, yeah, there wasn't a single boring moment of that movie. I watched it, and I just love. Of course, it was two in the morning, so I yeah. had to pause it like with twenty minutes left because I was passing. I was straight up passing out because that's like the latest I right, stayed right, right, up right. in a while. Yeah, but yeah. um, it was very good, very good. The T one thousand, dude was even more terrifying than I think Arnold was in the first one. You know how wild it is to get to see Arnold thrown around like a bitch? Yes, like that's, bro. That's Mr. Olympia. Like, this is 91, so Arnold was at the peak of his powers. He was, you know, the greatest bodybuilder ever. He was in yeah. every action movie. He was literally the king of Hollywood. And here he is getting ragdolled like a bitch by a man half his size. Like, that's insane. Like Just you don't the see power, that. the, the, the rock, power you see with this guy. Someone like The Rock, you know, it's in his contract that he can only take a certain amount of punches, and he can never lose yeah. a fight, dude. Yeah, I Arnold heard that, lost yeah. just about every fight in Terminator Two. Yeah, that's that's legendary, dude. Because 
it just made it so much it just made him so much more terrifying just to see him especially like in the scenes when he's chasing them with his freaking knife hand just stabbing people one of the, the greatest effects. runs of all time yeah his running is so intimidating apparently um it no is. one asked him to do this but the actor robert patrick he mm-hmm. felt like a machine well they're machines they don't breathe so he was yeah. holding his breath during all the sprints and he almost passed out multiple times if you oh watch the scenes God. he never breathes when he's running which you see like his perfect jog you don't see his face change you don't see any look of tiredness on him like like dude just the little details are so so good it's so good like just he actually feels like he's an actual bot like he's a robot and then dude sarah connor talk about character progression from the first movie being a scared like you know yeah scared woman like oh hardened fucking badass like dude sarah connor is one of the most badass characters of all time i loved how they did that because she didn't believe in the first one she didn't believe that she was going to become this big, like, badass hero. She's like, oh, yeah, me, just some some woman, some, like, middle-aged, I think. She was young. She just, yeah, oh, she was young? Yeah. She just didn't, she didn't believe it. She's like, just some normal mom is going to end up this she big was, hero. She was jacked. Yeah. She was yeah. so jacked. And, like, like I said... Nowadays, you you see studios go out of their way to create these strong female heroes Mm -hmm. when it goes to show you when you just make a character who's a badass who just happens to be a woman, it makes it so much better instead of making a badass woman. You know what I mean? Yeah, she was so good, man. The the directing with the action in, in both of the movies was impeccable. It's James I mean, Cameron. He's the king, dude. Yeah. And James Cameron is, is one of those guys, man, where he will put himself in danger if people won't do it themselves. Like, there's, um, during the peak highway chase, there's yeah. a shot where one of the helicopters flies underneath a bridge. I don't know if you remember this shot. Well, apparently the, the crews refused to film it because they said it was too dangerous. It's not worth the risk. So Cameron said, you know what? Fuck you, and he filmed it himself. That was him in the helicopter filming it himself. Oh wow! Because no, they refused to do it. Like he's one of those guys. Yeah. Like he will go above and beyond for like his art, and and that's that's what makes a great director when they they're so like engulfed in making this movie that they'll do anything to make it. Apparently, working with him was god awful, but really, <laughs> hey, the, the the results speak for themselves. You know? Yeah. He's a good director, that's for sure. But yeah, no, James Cameron, man. He, he, there's a reason he's one of the greatest directors of all time. His catalog, his catalog may not be as big as some of these other guys, but I mean, Terminator yeah. One, Terminator Two, uh, Titanic. While I'm not a fan of the Avatar movies, like the amount of money they've made is insane. Like he's, yeah, he's the king of the box office, man. It's big time. Uh. I think I loved the the scene uh, where he's chasing them in the semi truck. Oh, dude! The T one thousand is chasing. That scene was terrifying, man. Like the like just the he's so intimidating, or the way he rips off the top of the semi. How, yeah. How badass is it seeing Arnold 
uh, cock the shotgun and like flip it with one hand. That's so oh, funny. I love that part, dude. Apparently, he almost broke his hand doing that because that's how hard it was to do that. But he, really? he really wanted to get that shot. So he kept doing yeah, it. Yeah, because I have over. a gun like that. And I was thinking, dude, that'd be so sick to try and do that. But now I'm not going to do it. That no. You told me that. Yeah, no, he almost broke his, his arm or something like that trying to do that. But, dude, it looks so badass. Like, it does. Everything, like the, the chase, like the multiple chases in the movie are so good, dude. And yeah. Then, just like, and like I said, it's not just about the action. There's a great story here. You know? Mm-hmm. That's what sets it apart. It's not a set piece after set piece. There's moments of quiet reflection uh, with Sarah Connor. You see John Connor bonding with the with the T uh, with the T eight hundred. There's so yeah. many great moments, dude, in this movie. It, it, it's a special, special movie to me. Yeah, and to know his like his future and what John becomes later, and oh, that, that just makes. Something. Yeah, but I think probably the most interesting character was John, to me. Yeah, no, John is great. Yeah, like, and that kid, like, who played, I'm sure is an adult now, but... Edward Furlong? Yeah, um, I think great acting by that kid. Besides a moment here or there, I've seen the movie so many times, but... There's like one, yeah. there's a couple moments where you know the acting's not very good, but overall in those big scenes yeah. he nails it. Yeah, he nails it. You know, that's it's, true. It's man. a shame his career didn't um, pan out the way it should have. You know, just drugs yeah. and, and this and that, and for whatever reason. But yeah, no, I mean, wasted talent. I, we have to talk about Arnold, man, and he's one of the reasons. That I say not all acting is crying and sobbing and screaming and yeah. How many? I think people, that was a perfect role for Arnold. How many people Term- could pull off the Terminator the way he did? Yeah, to be like believable, as believable as he was it for takes that character. Talent. Like mm-hmm. you can't just get some random buff dude off the street and have him right. play the Terminator the way Arnold did because. I don't know how right. familiar you are with Arnold's catalog, but he's, I'm not. he's a great actor. He's done some great movies. He's given some great yeah. performances, especially as he's gotten older. He's gotten better as an actor. But I still um, need to watch his uh, documentary you told me to watch on Netflix. Oh, you'll get a kick out of it, man. Arnold has one of the greatest stories ever. Like when he's lived a life, man. His life is incredible. Yeah. You hyped for uh, Stallone's? I'm gonna watch that tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, he, the, he gave such a great performance in T1 and T2. There's a lot of nuance that goes into playing a machine, man. Like not anybody could do that. And even as a stoic machine, he's so charismatic when he does open his mouth to speak, you know, like, like he's so good. Like Arnold is one of the most charismatic people ever. Um, there's no one who could do what he did. And and I'll yeah. stand on that. Like, sure. Can he act like uh, Robert De Niro? No. But could Robert De Niro do what Arnold did? I don't think so. I don't. And, you know, it, it's not just acting ability. You have to have the physicality, the body, you know? Yeah. Yeah. His his performance was so good that it, it made me really wish that his character had feelings, man. Because... 
it was it was just very sad knowing that he was just he was just some bot. He had no feelings for anything. But then the ending, like I now know but why they, he they, cry. I, it, Yeah, I think at the end, I think you find out he 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 did have feelings. You know, I think he he had feelings for John. You think? I don't think so. No, he just learned. He was learning humanity. But yeah, but to like say I'm sorry, I don't know. Like he yeah. has to have feelings if he's sorry, right? I, I, that's the, one of the complicated things about this movie, you know, and that's what makes it so timeless is, like I said, there's such a rich story here, a, a father and son story, really. Yeah. Um, you know, between John and the Terminator, and then, you know, you have yeah. Sarah Connor's subplot, and you have the, the, the stuff with Skynet, and with Miles Dyson, and the yeah. epic shootout at, at the at Cyberdyne Systems. Um, by the like, way, sure, you have, from Breaking you have Bad all this- was there. Yeah, I I actually read that in the cast earlier because I was right. I, I was going through the cast. I did not even notice him. Like I was so focused on Arnold. I think it's like blinker, you miss it. You know. Yeah. But that entire shootout was hilarious because he's like, "No killing." So like, okay, sure, I'll just mutilate everybody. <laughs> like, it's just hella funny, dude. But but I think sure you have like all the action there like in the movie but you also have like a, a message you know you have a story in that which i like you watch like a lot of action movies it's just nothing but action yeah. i cannot stand that i can't stand it where just like some people flying around in jets or running around in robot machines i don't know fighting each other i just can't stand movies where there's no story no message no depth it's just pure action i can't i can't yeah. watch that like i said man terminator 2 man it's about you know what makes you human discovering your humanity faith yes. free will you know the dangers of ai nuclear war um like there's so many there's so much going on like with the script like it's a very tight script and yeah. um there's it's a movie with a message and that's what makes it so endearing is like the characters man you bond with all the characters like dude like no lie terminator 2 is one of those movies that makes every man cry that ending, yeah that ending when with the thumbs up oh dude it's I, so sad man i wish I, you could have stayed I, dude i've seen the, that movie so many times and it makes me cry every time dude the ending like every time yeah it's so like how many how many action blockbusters will make you cry I don't think I've ever watched an action blockbuster that made me cry. Yeah, exactly, man. Terminator 2, to me, is one of the best movies ever, if not the best. Like, I, I just think it's, it, it's perfect. Like, when you think of a sequel, what makes a good sequel to you? Like, what what are the parameters that you need to see to call it, like, a, a sequel? Great? I think it has to build upon the original story correctly. Yeah. I, I think... Even like if it's a really good sequel, like Terminator Two, it should do better. It should improve the first movie. No, you I know? think it, like you said, it takes elements of the first one, it expands mm-hmm. on it, it expands yeah. the world, the universe, the world building. You know, the, the obviously the action is bigger, it's better, it's bolder, it's yes. faster. <clears throat> but like it's it's all really about the character work that goes into this like Sarah Connor such an interesting character John the T800 yeah you know those three they're like the core of the story with a lot of other great characters sprinkled in 
But I think it Terminator 2 is like when you look at a great sequel, that's what pops in your head. Or like, you know, The yes. Godfather or Empire Strikes Back or whatever. But yeah, this is an, it's like an all-time movie. I mean, where where would not you don't have to give a number, but is it pretty up there for you like for best movies you've ever seen or no? Oh yeah, it's 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 definitely it's it's up there, that's for sure. Yeah. I've seen I I haven't even seen like I'm not that much of a movie person. So, but I've seen a good amount of big movies and that one is up there for sure. Especially for sequels. Like if you're saying sequels, that's probably the best I've ever seen. Best sequel I've ever seen, for sure. All right. Well, you know, any closing thoughts before we move on? I think it was a really good movie. I can't wait to rewatch it. Rewatch one and two, because now it makes me think. Like I think it'll watching the second one. Don't bother watching it, any of the other ones. Dude. Yeah. Okay, I mean, Term- Term- I won't. Terminator Three is not bad but everything yeah. after that is pretty awful so don't bother okay anyways yeah i think watching the second one um improved the first one like i think now that if i rewatch the first one it'll be even better after watching the second one now one of the greatest yeah. theory theater experiences of my life was a couple years back um mm-hmm. They re-released Terminator 2, remastered in 4K and in 3D. And the 3D was handled personally by James Cameron, the king of 3D. So that 3D dude, when I saw it in theaters, was amazing. And it was just, it was, dude, like, to to get to watch your favorite movies in theaters is such a privilege, man. You know? Yeah, man. Like, I, I didn't get to watch Terminator 2 when it came out, but to have the chance... I drove an hour and a half, two hours, just to watch it. It was just like to watch a, it in a theater. Yep, it was like at an AMC theater. Like I drove. I do the same to watch Bronx Tale in a theater. Yeah, exactly. If they re-released it, you you would drive any distance to watch it. Yeah, and I got to watch it in 4K, I believe, because it was on Paramount. So really, yeah, I think it was. I think it was like remastered in 4K or something. That's awesome, dude. Anyways, I have to check. Yeah. So, Bronx Tale. First of all, my favorite movie, man. What I, do you? I can't understand why this gets put in the crime genre or gangster. Like it gets grouped as like a gangster movie. It is not a gangster. Movie. It's yeah. It's not. It doesn't. It's it's about the opposite of gangsters. It's not a gangster movie. It, it's a father and son story. It's a coming yeah. of age story. It's it's a movie about you know finding yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know about the love of a parent doing the right thing. Wasted talent, you Wasted know. Wasted talent, that, man. Yeah. Machia- Machiavellism, you know, like. Uh... Yes, and actually, fun fact: it is loosely based on the character who plays Sonny. Yeah, I know, Chaz. Chaz. Pa- yeah, Chaz Palmetary. Palmetary. Yeah, it's loosely based on his life. Like he's actually Collagino, you know. Yeah, no, he's the I know. kid. Yeah, actual for, name. So for those people who don't know, uh, you know, Chaz Palmetary, who plays Sonny. Mm-hmm. He wrote this. It's based on his life, yeah. and uh, he was doing it as a one man, uh, a one man play. Yep. And one yep. day, Robert De Niro went to go watch it, and he's like, "This could be a movie. This has to be a movie, yeah." Yeah. And uh, another thing I learned is that Chaz is a lot like Sylvester Stallone, where yeah. he wrote something that was near and dear to his heart, 
Yeah, he, he is, wanted to play Sonny. And they said, uh, nah, we'd rather have someone We else. want someone with star power, you know? You're and, just some nobody. And they offered him so much money. I think it was just, $2 million. I didn't know they two, offered him that much. Yeah, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure Holy shit. it was somewhere around $2 million they offered him to play Sonny, and he still turned it down. And then I think eventually De Niro pushed for it. Like, you know, this <laughs> yeah. guy can be Sonny. And uh, yes, Chaz is one of those actors where every time he's in a movie, it's like I have to pay attention to him. He brings like a level of class and finesse to yes. roles. Like if you've seen him in anything, there's something about him where he just classes it up. He makes everything I better. love Chaz, man. Chaz Palmateri is one of my favorite actors, man. He's so good. At and that feels hypocritical to say when I hadn't seen his, his literal masterpiece. Yes, know, which is literally great. like I, I I was surprised you hadn't watched it, but another thing is I really love what Robert De Niro did because you'd think if you heard this you'd think he'd be the one playing Sonny, which I'm sure that was probably his thoughts when he was watching the one man show is that he was going to play Sonny, but he ended up spending an entire I think a week or a month with Chaz Palminteri's dad, just month, yeah, a month. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just learning, learning uh, how his dad acts, his mannerisms, how he talks, how he even drives the bus, and that he, Robert does that with a lot of his movies. I think for Taxi Driver, he got he, yeah, he got a he got an actual taxi driver license. He became a taxi driver just for the movie. Um, I think he's just brilliant on how he does that. Like the level of love and care that De Niro gave this movie as a director, you feel it when you're watching it. The, mu- yes. the music, the cinematography, the shots, it feels like De Niro... Okay. This is not a knock on the movie. If you're gonna be inspired, you're inspired by the best. Obviously, De Niro had worked with Scorsese so many times before this. Yeah, You feel a lot of Scorsese in this movie. Some of those yeah. take shots, the way they move, the dialogue, yeah. the the the, uh, the narration. Um, it's very Scorsese esque. But yeah, Robert he definitely Niro, got a big inspiration by Scorsese. Yeah. There's a lot of good fellows in this movie. Um, yeah, but De Niro behind the camera, like it's like a labor of love for him. Like you could tell how much this movie meant to him because I think he had a son around the same age as a uh, Colegro. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, this meant a lot to him and there's so much love in this movie. Like you just feel it. Like you could tell this was something that was near and dear to his heart, you know, yeah. it shows man. When, when people put their love and passion towards something, you really feel it and you feel it all throughout a Bronx tale. He really worked hard on this. And I think part of it was how much it meant to Chaz, too. Like, Robert is really cool for doing what he did there. To let let him, like, you... I mean, it makes sense that they'd want somebody with star power to play Sonny. Like, that's what they kept telling Chaz. They kept saying, oh, no, we want, we want someone big. We want someone with star power to play. I think, I think they wanted Pacino. Yeah, yeah, that would make sense. And that would have been a terrible casting, not just because, like, I don't think Pacino was right for the role, but then it would have been so distracting. Because now, instead of focusing on this beautiful story, it would have been like, 
oh, Pacino versus De Niro. Who's out acting who here? You know? And not to be mean, but, you know, Chaz was a nobody at the time. So it yeah, worked was. perfectly. But, like, he was a nobody, but his screen presence was so strong, you know? I think the best performance of the movie was was probably Chaz or Robert. And that was, that's like, that, that was a thing. It was between... And Lilo Brancato, who plays um, Collagio. Yeah. What did I say? Collegro? Yeah. Yeah. How do you say yeah. that? That's such a... That's it's, it's Chaz's so, real name. I practiced this before the podcast. Not going to lie. I, I say Collagido, I believe. That's a terrible the, name. Yes. No, no I sat he, here no wonder he goes before by we did the pod. Yeah. Before we did the pod, I just watched clips and just practiced saying his name because I didn't want to sound like ridiculous when saying it. But Like me? <laughs> yeah. But he, he did so well. And one thing throughout the whole movie, they say wasted talent, wasted talent. The same thing that happened with John Connor with Terminator. He got into drugs. He got into crime. And I think he ended up in prison. Dude, I'm all about a Bronx tale right now because literally before we got on this podcast, before I started putting my baby to sleep, I was watching a podcast with uh, Leo Broncato on it, talking about his life, how he got into drugs. So it's like, yeah, I'm I'm happy he's. He fixed he turned it his, around. His, yeah, he turned it around. But like, I'm pretty sure he was involved in some kind of like a home shooting, invasion where a, a cop sh- got a, shot. Or the something. shooting of a police officer. Yeah, I think he died. Yeah, it, he yes. wasn't a shooter, but he was involved in the break-in, I believe. And it's crazy to think throughout the whole movie, they're telling him the saddest thing in life is wasted talent. You know, don't do the wrong thing. Don't get involved with the wrong people. And that's what he did. Yep, that's what he did. And it makes sense getting involved with such a big thing at such a young age. You you think you're on top of the world. You know, you're with Robert De Niro over here. You're doing a Hollywood movie with Robert De Niro. And then you're on what turned out to be one of the biggest shows of all time in Sopranos. Yeah. You know. So you're 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 young, you're you you weren't an actor before this. You're just some teenager running around on the beach. Yep, they picked him off the beach, man. That's crazy. Yep. A casting director found him. He did his Robert De Niro impression, and they gave him a audition. And when I was watching that podcast, uh, they also brought up you know that also happened with Matthew McConaughey. Really? Yeah, he was like a, a lawyer, like a student, were were getting to be a lawyer, and uh, someone saw him and they're like, "Man, this guy has something." And they're like, "Do you want to be in this movie?" And the movie turned wow. out to be Dazed and Confused. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, I just think the storytelling, there's only one thing I think that is lacking in the movie. And that is, I think some acting at certain parts, you know, I think with the, I I think her name is Jane, the black chick with, with Lilo. I think some of the um, acting in those parts can be a little iffy, but I'm able to look past it because I think yeah. the writing was good enough it's, to... I don't want to say child actors, but I yeah, think, you know, actors back then, at that age versus now, are very different. <laughs> like, yeah. they're more polished nowadays. Um, yeah, it too, felt like a, I was watching a play, kind um, of, I think. Yeah, it felt like a play at times, which yeah. eh, could be an awkward for some people. Not for me, but um, uh, young Co- collegio uh that kid was so cute man he, dude 
that uh, that kid actor was better than a lot of actors nowadays. He he did he killed job. it. Yeah, he did a yeah. great job. Um, I loved uh that Joe Pesci uh cameo at the end. Yeah, at the end. Yeah, that was great. I, that you, and, and they tied him. They tied him in very well. I think with uh the guy getting his head hit in the through the window with the baseball bat in the beginning, and yeah, you find out that was him. Yeah, he's like, you don't remember me. It, one thing I loved about that, um, and uh, Leo Brancato talked about it, like, is that ending is open to interpretation. Why did that guy die? Was it really over a parking space? Was it yep. a matter of respect? Was it he owed him money? Like, I, I don't know. That ending, I don't know how I feel about it, but in a good way. Like, it left me thinking, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And also to think, like, at the end, Collagedo says, I think I'm done with the bar for a while. Like, he's, yeah. he's, he's, yeah, he's done with that life, you know? And, like, maybe he feels like Sonny kind of, well, no, not gave his life for him, but he saved his life, you know? Who had a bigger influence yeah. on him in the end, his own father or Sonny? I think Sonny. I think for sure Sonny had a bigger influence on him. It, you know? it sucked the way he would talk to his father, like, you know, the working man's a sucker or like, you know, like, you know, hopefully I don't get a nosebleed up here, dad. It's like, you fuck your dad works for a living and he's doing his best, you know? Like, yeah, that's just little scenes like that. Just like, they seem insignificant, but they add a big, like just that scene in the, the the boxing bench. Yeah. It adds a, a big, like, if you look back at it, it's, telling you a story just that little scene of oh we're sitting all the way up here it's because i paid for these tickets i worked for the money that i used to pay for these tickets yeah you want to go down there with those criminals go go down there yeah i love how his dad didn't try to control him in a sense like sure he told him stay away from the from the bar but if he really wanted to he could have locked him in his room but he he let him make his own decisions because especially in those days as a man you have to come into your yeah. own you have to make your own decisions you have to be your own man and i yeah. really like that about the movie dude there's so many great <clears throat> quotes man is it better to be loved or feared you know yes. or uh i don't i what's wrong with that kid i loaned him 20 bucks and he won't give me back did you like him he was kind of an asshole I say you got off easy. 20 bucks, you never have to speak to the guy again. He's never going to ask you for money again. Dude, the life lessons in that movie. There's so many life lessons in that. The whole movie is about life lessons. I mean, yeah. Without, it's, without feeling preachy, though. Yeah. Like, 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 yes. They're great messages that are timeless and are delivered so well, but they don't feel preachy. I don't feel like I'm at a church sermon and people are talking down to me, like telling me what to yes. do. You know? Yes. It was. It was very well done. Is this movie was like it's very special made of course because I grew up watching it with my dad. Mm-hmm. My dad used to put it on, we'd watch it. So it's it is nostalgic. It, it that's probably why it's number one for me for my favorite movies. But, but the, also it just has nothing to do with it. It is it it, it yeah. deserves all the praise it gets, man. And I don't think it gets enough. No. I don't hear enough about it. I don't it's because I don't know. It came out in the 90s, man, which was, think yeah. about it, like, and it got classified as a gangster movie. You got, you know, you got Casino, or you got Heat, you got uh, Goodfellas, mm-hmm. and whatever mm-hmm. other gangster movies, and then you have this small movie 
you know, with an unknown guy and Robert De Niro, like directing. Sure, I don't know if the movie made a lot of money, but um, I don't. I'm not sure. If it I did. think it gets lost in the shuffle because it yeah. gets grouped in with gangster films and like the 80s and 90s. That was like the peak era for that. You know? Yeah, it is such a good, good movie. I think the writing that they did just. I don't know who wrote. I think Robert and Chaz teamed together to turn the the one man show into a script. They made the script together, and they did just so good, man. I think the stories are all flow really well because at a certain point we get kind of racism thrown into it. Yeah, it could have felt very stilted and jarring, like if it was kind of forced in there. But I think they were able to. But weave it in so nicely to the overall story, and that and, and it, it felt realistic because, and it, it makes sense because it's Chaz Palminteri's life. That's why it felt so real. He had experience with all of this, all of these things. It, it felt so man. true. Yeah, it, it felt so true to life and how it actually was back then. If I mean, it's all weird. the characters. It's one of, like, I hate using this term, but it's one of the realest movies ever. Yeah. Like, it, and it's authentic, man, down to its core, down to the, apparently, to the slang they use. Like, everything was so well-researched by Bobby De Niro and uh, Chaz. Mm-hmm. Like, like this is as authentic, as real as it gets. The guy who plays Eddie Mush, the unlucky guy. He was a real gangster, you... right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, no. That was a, it was played by the real by the real Eddie Mush, like the actual unlucky guy. Really? They said, who can we get to play this unlucky guy? And he said, I know the actual guy. And they said, uh, Chaz said, the first day, his first day on set, it rained. <laughs> his first day on the set of Bronx Tale, it rained. I read that uh, about De Niro. That he's like, I don't want actors. I want real people yeah. in this movie. You know? Yeah. Like, like obviously you're gonna, I love you're that, gonna bro. have me, you're gonna have Leo, and you're gonna have Chaz. The rest I yeah. want real people. And that's what they did. Yes. Do. Those were real gangsters in that movie, man. They it, it they did so good. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the even the bikers and the the iconic biker scene, one of like the best scenes ever now right there. Can't leave. Yeah, I'm pretty sure those were actual Hell's Angels bikers that they used in that scene. Yeah, this movie is just filled, like, you know, what did you do in prison? Well, you can uh, lift weights, get into trouble, or read. What did you do? I read. What'd you read? Yeah. Machiavelli. Ever heard of Nicola Machiavelli? And, like, and like he gives so many lessons that are Machiavelli-esque, like the availability yeah. one. Like, make yourself available. The way he uh, treats his people, where he treats them well, but not too well. You know? Yeah. And, uh, you know the whole love and fear thing like is it better to be feared or loved and this and that like it's straight out of like and machiavelli if you've ever watched to speak about fear one of the most terrifying scenes when he he leaves uh when jane pretty much dumps him and he goes and Chaz like pushes him up against the wall and he's like there was something on the on the hood on the on the engine i think he says there's something on the engine okay uh, I was watching this late, so I was a bit tired. Yeah. What was that about? Like, it can't be a tracker because those didn't exist in the 60s. What was the issue? Uh, he thought it was a bomb. He said, like, the car didn't start, and there was some. he opened up the hood, and there was something on the engine. And he's he's asking him, what, what was it? Because I guess back then, people would get blown up in their cars and stuff. They'd attach something to the engine. 
And so that scene, I think, is just it makes it shows like Sonny's dark side. Like throughout the whole movie, you think it he's shows who Sonny he's such really a nice was. guy. Yeah, but really, you find out he's he's a criminal. And this was right overall. After, he's, this was right yeah. after uh, his dad told him like he doesn't trust anyone. <laughs> yeah, like dad, he trusts me. You know, I'm his special. And he asks him in the car, he's like, can't you trust anyone? And he's like, no, I can't. That's no way to live. Yeah, well, that's how I have to live. Yeah. And it's sad, really. Yeah, it was that scene, the acting by Lilo right there in that scene where he cries and he's like, you were like a father to me. Like, I would never hurt you. Like, it's just so heartbreaking. Because that's like his hero, like, not trusting him. And, you know, like his own father. Yeah. Yeah, and and like his real father told him, like he doesn't trust anybody. Like the moment he, you know, he thinks you're against him, he'll discard you. You know, yeah. and uh, throughout this movie, from start to finish, it's just like a mounting life lesson. Like Leo yeah. is just learning life lesson after life lesson. He may not know it at the time, and I love that quote because it is. One of the re- they've said it multiple times, but it is one of the realest quotes ever put in a movie. You'll get yeah. it when you're older. Yeah, you'll understand when you're older. You'll yeah, under- that's yeah. You'll understand when you're older, and it's true, man. So many things as a young man, and you're still mm-hmm. a young man. I mean, I'm youngish, but I'm 28. I'm about to turn 29. Like, yeah. so many things that you go through as a kid, you just don't understand why it's happening what the purpose of it is you think it's pointless but as you get older and as you can look back at your life and see the mistakes you made or the good things you did you don't understand until you've had perspective yes that's something that Sonny has that's something that uh c's dad has they have perspective they've lived life they are old enough to understand what is happening the repercussions of everything like Oh, that's what makes this movie so great, you know? One of the best scenes, I think, in the entire movie. It may not it may not be iconic, but the uh we can't accept this money. The the he finds Collagero's money under his pillow and he brings it to Sonny, he's like, We can't accept that. That scene just and when he walks out, that kid delivers one of the best performances of the movie when he's crying he's like everyone everyone loves him in the bar it's the same thing as you in the bus everybody loves him it's not the same they don't love him they fear him and he says i don't understand and he says you will when you're older dude gosh man there's like this this entire movie man what are your thoughts is it better to be loved or feared yeah yeah like no, what do you think? I th- I think probably, well, obviously loved, in my opinion. If you were Sunny, though, what would you prefer? If I was Sunny, said, uh, well, definitely feared, because in that life you don't you got people coming after you. You want to be feared, you know. You don't want to be loved. And I love how self-aware Sunny is. You know, I'm yeah. funny. But when I walk in here, these guys laugh. I'm not that funny. Like, he, yeah. knows, he knows these people are only with him until they see a better opportunity, a way to get him out of power. They know He knows that he has to be feared because these people will walk all over him if he's not. And the same thing and happened. And the Sopranos ripped that. I was literally <laughs> going to say that, yep. yeah. Yep. 
the whole uh, uh, when he's golfing. The, yeah. Oh no, the whole, no, 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 no. Uh, yeah, go ahead. They all they all like hysterically laugh at all of Tony's jokes that he tells. Wasn't it and, Carmella who told him like Tony like those yeah. people fear you. They don't. They're not your friends. Or, or it might have been Doctor Melfi. I don't remember. Who. Yeah, they don't think you're that. They don't think you're funny. They just laugh at all your jokes because you're the they're boss. scared of you. And yeah, you're the bo- yeah, yeah. No, they took that straight from a uh, Bronx Tale, man. Yeah. yeah, but um, yeah, no, man. This entire movie is just one building life lesson, and there's so many things to take away as a young man, as an adult, as an older adult. Like looking back on yeah. your life, like it's true what they say, man. You'll understand when you're older. Some things you're just not gonna under- understand when you're becoming a man or a young woman or whatever it is. You know, you need perspective in yeah. life. One thing that I I'd never noticed before, but that doesn't sit with me though, is how he was not like broke up at all of all of his friends just getting completely like murdered. But they you think about it, he, he yeah, and he says, well, he says, uh, I don't know whether to be sad or happy, happy that I'm alive or sad that all my friends are dead. But he said it. He, he says I'm I'm thankful. And that's when he goes to the bar to meet Sonny when Sonny yeah. gets killed, which is. I think those. I think he was starting to realize that those people weren't his friends. I think Sonny was. Yeah. I think uh, C was looking for acceptance throughout the movie. He didn't yeah. know which way to go to be to go towards his father to to go towards Sonny, his dumbass friends. And um, I don't know. I I don't know if by that time he considered them friends because they were committing hate crimes and he wasn't about it. Now, who knows? Maybe if he never dated a black girl, maybe he would have participated. Maybe not. But by that point, he had he was a different person. Yeah. And, like in the beginning of the movie, they they say like what the N word, the effing yeah. Name, yeah yeah. What are they doing in this neighborhood? He's like they're just passing through from school. So then maybe he was always more tolerant than his friends. You know. Yeah. But, um, yeah, like, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't agree with you on that. I think it's an appropriate reaction because I'm, he's relieved he was going to die. Yeah. And, uh, that's true. They're, they weren't good people. He didn't agree with what and they, they could. It could have been them getting him killed. So he's thinking, Sonny saved me. My actual friend. They lit, the real they friend lit themselves me. on fire, huh? Yeah. Well, they, they, no, no, no. They throw uh, Molotovs into that, that bar, and one of the black people come out, and I think they grab one and they throw it, and it goes, it goes inside the window and it lights the rest of them on fire. I thought it was like they lit themselves on fire. I, like I said, I was kind of falling asleep a bit. Yeah. Um, not because it was boring, it was late. Um, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, fuck them. <laughs> They're racist. Uh, yeah, that's, that's the truth. Yeah, they were pieces of shit. And Sonny tells him several times throughout the movie. He says, these kids are jerk-offs. They're jerk-offs. Yeah, I, I love that. Sonny really, I mean, be, you know, besides when he flipped out on him, Sonny really yeah. cared about C, man. He wanted him to yeah. have a better life. He didn't want him to become a gangster. And yeah, He tells him to go to college. He tells him... This, this life isn't for you. Don't get involved in this life. This is my life, not yours. But yet, he still has him around. Yep. Which is yep. what makes Sonny so fascinating. And then, um, I believe it was Chaz himself. Like, they asked him, like, uh, what what do you think his motives were? And, and he said, I think for him, me, 
you know, uh, see, he was like his penance where if I'm going to leave this earth, I want to do one good thing before I go. And I think that one good thing was C, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of ways to interpret the relationship, you know? For sure. Son, I never had. I want to make up for the bad things I've done in my life by saving one life or this or that. Like, there's so many ways to really, like, think about his character. You're getting two educations, one on the streets and one from school. So many quotable lines. But, um, I guess, yeah, just to finish this off, I mean, it's, it's a beautiful movie. It's a poetic movie. And it sounds corny, but there's so much love and care put behind this movie from Robert De Niro. Like he yeah. really, he showed a side of him that I think everybody saw him as this tough fucking gangster guy or gangster yeah. actor, or method actor. But he showed like a sensitive side, a caring yeah. like side. Like I said, you'd think like with a movie like this, you'd think Robert would be the one playing Sonny. But no, he played Chad. Uh, Pelagio's dad perfectly uh, straight he played him so good uh, as a straight man like you know no yeah. straight as in like doesn't do you know gangs or this or that which yeah. was a first <laughs> he hated him he, yeah he, he he's completely against it and I, I just loved I loved his scenes I loved the uh my favorites like probably another one of my favorite scenes is uh he's wrong it don't take much uh strength to pull the trigger, pull the trigger. yeah, yeah. But try to get get up every day and work for a living. Let's see him try that. Yeah, like that. That's you'll a see real the real tough, tough guy. guy is. Yeah. Yeah, no, but the the love and care that De Niro put behind this. I mean, the directing is fantastic. The writing, the script, the characters, the quotes, the life lessons. This is one of the most underrated and underappreciated movies probably ever, and it's yes. one of the better um, coming of age stories I've ever seen. Um, because I'm not going to call it a gangster movie because it is not a gangster movie. I refuse to call it that. I refuse to call it that. It is one of the best coming of age father son movies you'll ever Mm -hmm. see. So I highly recommend it to everybody. I'm glad I watched it. Yes, (sighs) man. And uh, that's it, man. We both got to experience peak in different ways. And uh, yes. I'm glad, man. Maybe we'll do this again. You'll have to give me another one of your favorites. Maybe we'll have uh, our whoever watches I have a top us. Five. Yeah, whoever <laughs> watches us can vote on what we watch. So, yeah, guys, uh, that's it for the podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you guys follow us on all our socials. Keep up with us. Thank you guys for tuning in, and uh, we are out. Later.